0: studios known as my kitchen table once again welcome to how you play the game the official podcast of the music foundation incorporated yours truly jack furlong with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned happy to have you to join us is that how it's said Happy to have you to join us. I think it's just happy to have you with us. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's happy go. That, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, that's it. that's it. Okay. You'll have to excuse me. I got a little acute laryngitis. Sean's got his uh, head full of congestion, and
1: I'm just nuts.
0: Ian's just nuts. That's why he hangs out with us. So, yeah. um, so this is the this is the second episode of January 2018. Hope everybody had a delightful holiday season and a happy and safe and healthy New Year. Uh, so we got a lot to a uh, lot to cover today, and. Uh, our producer engineer Sean Ryan behind the mic over there. Sean, welcome.
2: Hey, how you hey. going?
0: What's happening?
2: Ah, nothing much. How are hey, you? Uh just peachy keen. Good to be here. Good to be seen. That's it. Well, most people say <laughs> call me call me seen. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there because of the way it's spelled. <laughs> Ian called me seen yeah. when he saw me. Speaking seen. of speaking
0: uh, of our Sean Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> our guest Sorry. today, the the newly appointed to our board of directors, Mister Ian Grimley. Ian, welcome. What's happening?
1: Hey, I'm glad to
2: be here.
0: Oh, good. We're glad to have you here. Um, we got a lot on the docket today to discuss, so uh, why don't we just jump right into it? Uh, we're going to start with our uh, our, our famous uh, award winning segment this fortnight in sportsmanship.
2: Award award
0: winning. <laughs> That's a new one. Not not for the <laughs> content so much as it is for the jingle or lack thereof. So. Yes, this this jingle is. You can't even hear me right now. What are you talking about? I know. I'm just going through the yeah. motions. We don't have a jingle per se for this, so we just make up our own, and it's usually something like this. It's usually just me going. This Fortnite
1: in sportsmanship. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll Fortnite's go home. It. Okay. I'll go home. I'll get my bass out. All right. And I'll just like slap a couple notes out on the bass.
0: Listen, abusive notes is not <laughs> accepted by you us. Have a bass? Okay. I don't care who. I don't, I don't care who you're abusing. Okay. <laughs> hey, I own a bass. Okay. Who doesn't own a base? You?
2: I have a cello. Okay,
0: you weirdo. Leave. No. Yeah. Bye. I, I, got, I got this base yeah. right here. So, okay, let's talk about sportsmanship that has occurred since we last spoke to everybody. Uh, first, let's give an update on um, the issue that we discussed last time uh, on our previous episode uh, we were talking about the uh, the legislation in the state of New Jersey regarding super teams and uh, everything that was going on with that. Uh, unfortunately, the legislation did pass. Uh, but if there's any quantum of solace, it's the fact that uh, it was not unanimous. There was uh, a little bit more dissension to it than I think there originally was planned. Um, so there was there, there was some there, there was a message sent, so to speak, but unfortunately it did pass. It's now, uh, awaiting uh, signature on uh, the governor's desk, uh, so there is still a little bit of time for people to tell the governor not to sign it. But the uh, they do swear in a new governor on Tuesday, so That's correct. so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, but we still encourage people to uh, you know use their their rights to contact representative, representation and the governor of and to say, listen, we don't think that this this law should be passed, et cetera. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, that is, that is the, the, the update of that. Um, so uh, moving on from that, we'll, we'll go into a couple of other topics here. Uh, first, let's talk about this one that just came across our desk. Um, earlier this past week, we had a college basketball game between number 19 Clemson and unranked NC State uh, take place. And uh, Clemson got beat by one point. Uh, There was a very dramatic game, but the reason that it became an issue was because uh, Clemson was down three points uh, in the final seconds, and as uh, Gabe DeVoe, who is a a Clemson Tiger, went to take a three-point shot to try and tie up the game, he was fouled. So the shot didn't go in. He uh, went to the free free throw (coughs) line to uh, try and sink three free throws to tie the game up. He makes the first two, so now it's a one-point game. And there are two-tenths of a second left on the clock, mind you. And Kevin Keats, who is the coach, the head coach for NC State, called a timeout. Uh, He called a full 60-second timeout. But the team didn't come over to him. He literally called it just to ice DeVoe from making that shot. And in doing so, he also then took the time to encourage the crowd, his home crowd, to get rowdy and loud and whatnot and really become a distraction to DeVoe. Devoe ended up missing the shot. Clemson loses by one point. Um, I, I I saw it earlier this morning before we recorded this, actually on the MLB Network on uh, High Heat with Chris Russo as he was doing his good job bad job segment, and uh, he was really down on this. And uh, I have to say, I agree. It's it, it's a very uh, unprofessional thing to do, especially at a collegiate level. You know, anytime there are student athletes involved. To uh, try and uh, use use methods that, although they don't technically fall under cheating, uh, you know, you're you're kind of unethically trying to get you know get a win that way. You're not letting it be decided on the court or on the field by the players.
2: Sort of g- exactly. gerrymandering the rules. Exactly, it is. Yeah. It's
1: not illegal. It's frowned upon. Right. You know. Right. Um, <clears throat> my thought is, you know, I have no problem with him trying to ice the uh, shooter because. You know, in the NFL, you try to ice your exactly. In college as yeah, well. Yeah. You want to you want to put the kid under some pressure, but at least give the appearance like you're just trying to you know talk strategy with your team or whatever. Right. Um, bring them over, and you know don't wave your arms like a crazy man. Right. You're you're a head coach. You're not uh, you're not a cheerleader here. Would it would, so, would it make a
0: difference if a player did that?
1: Uh, that's a tough one. You know. Um,
0: I don't know. if Not for
1: all sixty seconds. Right. Let's put it that yeah.
0: way. If there's, if, if at the, towards the end of the conference, if a couple of kids, as they were walking back to the, the key started doing the yeah. wave their hands and whatnot, you then see they see that do... all the time. Exactly. That's kind of like, Hey, let's get into it. Let's all support our team, et cetera. Mm. This was a clear, they probably don't
2: even have, you know, bad sportsmanship. Like they probably don't have villains.
0: Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. That's more of a, you know, more of a help, help support the team rather mm-hmm. than detract from the opponent. Right. You know, right. And I've talked about this on the blog. Uh, the Strike Zone, which you can read at OSIPfoundation.org uh, in the past before, we t- we took a look at how crowds uh, play a role in professional sports and whatnot and some of the, you know, some of the ways that it it's doesn't really matter and some of the ways where it does matter and what makes it right and wrong and whatnot, you know, um, Sean, you actually brought up to me a couple of times you know the the, the customs of the crowds at Japanese baseball games, right. for example, mm-hmm. you know
1: it's like a soccer crowd.
0: Exactly. it's mm-hmm. a completely different yeah. scenario over there. You don't get up to go to the bathroom when your team's up at bat, you know yeah. or the other one is that every player, for the home team has their own fight song. Yeah, so there's, yeah. you know, so there's like a brass band in the background playing yep. the fight song. Every time this guy comes up to the plate and, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of camaraderie with that, but it's a lot of respect. Exactly. It's a culture it fostered on respect. So. And it
1: is it an it, it, honor. Exactly. Yeah. And it
0: comes from the standpoint of, we are here to support our team, yeah. not to try and distract our opponents, right. you know? Um, I kind of think the same thing in American baseball as well. You know, a pitcher gets two strikes with two outs in the inning. The home crowd starts to get up and cheer. You're not—they're not necessarily getting up to cheer to distract the batter. They're no. getting up to to support the pitcher. You know, hitting yeah. hitting a baseball they want him to power
1: through that last strike exactly. And hitting yeah. a baseball is
0: already the hardest thing to do athletically well as it is. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like you know you're really the the margin of what you're changing by distracting the the batter. Is, is that great? Right. Now, there are some other instances where it, it, it bugs the hell out of me, namely in basketball and football. Uh, in basketball, it, it bugs me when, regardless of this incident that we're discussing, uh, crowds do what they can to try and distract a free throw shooter, for example, mm-hmm. because you're you are you're no longer trying to support your team, you are now trying to discourage the other team and you know not let it get settled by ability and, and, and traditional competition. I think more so even on the football field, it's a problem because <clears throat> look at how silent the crowd gets when the home team is on offense and how loud they get when the, when the visitors are on offense. That is Now you are really affecting a game
1: that's true. In
0: a way where you can't, you know, you, you're not letting the teams play fairly. You're not letting them decide the outcome of this game through the the course of competition. It happens
1: especially in Seattle. Exactly. You know, Twelfth man. Exactly. And, all that.
0: and here's an interesting fact. I don't know if you guys know this. So the site of this year's Super Bowl is going to be in Minnesota. At that's not the interesting fact. We all, you know, that was kind of no. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Exactly. Minnesota. Ooh. Don't you know? It's so, cold. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> so they have, they have the brand new stadium there for the Vikings. The way that that stadium was erected, the ceiling is actually constructed in a way where the sound from the crowd filters down into the sideline of the visiting team. Wow.
2: Was it was acoustically engineered. It, is,
0: it, is a, it has been acoustically for engineered for that purpose. So, wow! Imagine this. Imagine if the the Minnesota Vikings, who are in the playoffs, let's say they end up uh, winning the NFC Championship. Okay, playing
1: a de facto home game.
0: Exactly. They could they could be the, the visiting team and have their own stadium come back to bite them. Yeah. How insane is that? That's true. So, but to Uh me, it's like, what, what is going on in your mind when you roll out these blueprints for a stadium and say, oh, and check this out. (laughs) <laughs> the sound from the crowd is going to acoustically be filtered to the I mean, sideline the It's, sideline of it's the interesting.
2: Oh it's, oh, it's it's incredibly I, the, interesting. The science behind it. I was it gonna is say, if you're
0: if you're taking a physics of music class in your undergraduate studies, this is a great final project.
2: Yeah. You know? I might research oh, that some more. But it's I mean, just how ridiculous is that? But going back to really quick about um you know, did, uh, outcomes of the game being de- not being determined by the players, right? Um, and we had talked about this, but uh, the PGA recently overturned a rule, right, that allowed spectators who were watching the show at a, at home on TV to call to in. call in and call someone out. That's
1: right. how Lexi Thompson got uh, railroaded. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. it's just amazing that a spectator can. Alter the yeah. the course of, of a of competition. Yeah, yeah. so and they, they got rid of that rule. Watch. Yeah, finally, right? <laughs> like, how are well, it's, like, it's like
1: it's like it's kind of like the tuck rule. You know, exactly. they didn't know it was there, but it was there. And like, why is this here? All right, let's get that one. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just, I mean, I I guess I'm, I guess to, to kind of put a bow on this, I'm I'm just really down on this guy Kevin Keats, and I'm down on the just the ideas in in general that. You know, when I go to a baseball game, when I go to any sporting event, I'm there for the enjoyment of the game and to support the team that I'm rooting for, usually. You know, like if I go look, if I go to a college football game where I don't have a rooting interest, I'm there to watch the game. You know, mm-hmm. if I am go if I go to a Yankee game, I'm there to support the Yankees. OK, mm-hmm. I'm not there to come down on the other team. But it seems like more and more often that's what people are trying to do. And they think it's their God-given right to do that because they paid the money for the ticket and they can go in and do whatever they want. And to a degree, yeah, you can as long as you're not breaking any rules. But do you realize how unethical you really are? You know, I just hope that people who listen to this get an opportunity to to step back and say, you know what, maybe next time I go to one of these games or something like this, I'm going to think long and hard about whether or not I'm going to behave in this way that I never really thought about before. So. You know, it always
2: goes back to what's yeah, yeah, been From yep. the from the point of view of a fan. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, and you know, I, I would say that when you're an athlete, your number one goal out there when you're on the court or the field or the, the rink or whatever is to go out and win. Right. And you want to win because you played well. Right. If you know, you know, you hear it oftentimes like, oh, this these guys didn't win. The other team lost the game. And then, as a result, you see in the post-game press conference, like, oh, yeah, well, we won the game, but we didn't play as well. You don't want to have that happen. Right. You know? Um,
0: you want to leave it all out on the field. You do. You know? You do. And and say, the other team just happened to beat us tonight. You know? Yeah. They played better. You know, we tried to be as prepared as we were, and we just came up short. And to some degree, you have to respect
2: that. Exactly. You absolutely you know, you, do. You I mean, that's respect- the nature you, of competition. You have to respect the other team for beating you. right? You, you right. don't... You don't, you don't, you don't you don't frown upon that. You right. say, "Wow, they, they played great," and right. we'll you know we'll come back and get them tomorrow. Right?
0: We didn't take advantage of the opportunities that right. we could have. You know, it's, it's not you know how often do we talk about it in society in general that just personal accountability is just out the window. Right? You know, yeah. it's never my fault. It's never I'll you take know? responsibility for this. It's the other person screwed up, and I didn't. You know, it's their fault and whatnot. I remember that that was in the the two thousand nine World Series actually when the Yankees won and beat the Phillies. The, the narrative in the Phillies locker room after Game Six when the Yankees won was we don't necessarily think that the better team won out there.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, and I'm like, what? Just just uh-huh. say they beat you. You know, yeah. Just say you know I'm I'm sorry that you sorry. that you, that you're frustrated. You know, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a sorry Yankees. that
1: you didn't have five Cliff Lees. Exactly.
0: You know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and this is coming from a Yankee fan. I'm not going to deny that. But come on. You know, yeah. just because you didn't think, you know, you thought that the better team didn't win doesn't mean you go out and, you know, put
1: that on Say the record, yeah. yeah.
0: you know, come on. So
1: you have indoor thoughts and outdoor thoughts, right? Which is
0: something that most <laughs> men have trouble with until at least the age of 30 when their frontal lobe starts to develop a little oh, bit, yeah. you know, well,
2: I, I got a problem. little while to go then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm 34 and uh, <clears throat> we're you and I are I screwed. Have, I have problems. Yeah. We have a lot of problems.
0: <laughs> Thanks to our HMO. We can get those problems taken care of.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So that's
0: the first thing we wanted to talk about in this Fortnite in Sportsmanship, just because it came across the desk today. The other thing we wanted to talk about since it, it occurred you know, after the New Year had just started, if you're familiar with sports talk radio in the greater New York City area, okay, there is a, I, I guess you would call it a feud, but at the same time it's just a major competition between the outgoing Mike Francesa on WFAN and Michael K on ESPN New York. Uh, you know, Francesa has ruled the airwaves for... He's number one. He's number one, okay? <laughs> for, for years, whether he, whether he was with Chris Mad Dog Russo or not. You know, he's, he's always been considered the sports pope. His his, uh, his ratings the have always... The fring- pope? Pope, okay? He is the papal authority of sports wow. talk radio. Uh, okay. Okay?
1: It comes from when he announced... Uh, that they're picking a new pope on right. air and it was just like a whole big yeah thing Wow. so yeah,
0: yeah. so it was so but he's he's always been finishing first in the ratings and uh and Michael Kay and his his show has always been the the, the runner up so Francesa uh decided to retire from WFAN uh the, at the in the middle of december due to uh, some conflicts that he had with, with the station and whatnot. And, they, and it was all amicable. They worked things out, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is that I think he thought it was time to move on and do something else. He's not officially retired from everything. He says he's going to come back and do something, but he just can't start that until April because of a con- contractual clause that says he can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like a free agent, leaving one, one you know uh, opportunity and going to another one. You know, and and yeah, the last week of shows, it was a lot of lauding him. You know, they had the one show on Thursday. It was last week where they had nothing but guests call in to say you're great. A bunch you know, of athletes, exactly. Uh,
1: Jim Nance, yeah, yeah.
0: All Guys these like that. all these other people were calling I in was, to saying I didn't want to miss it. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then on Friday, it was just all callers, and he and then he did this long like diatribe at the end where he was saying thank you and whatnot. And it was, I mean, it was, it seems sincere. I'm, you know, it would, maybe it was a little over the top, but it was sincere. Cut to the new year when Michael Kay and Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg come back from the holiday break. And they ask that. So a caller calls in and asks why they didn't, you know, like laud him, why they didn't say best of luck, et cetera, blah, 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 blah and Michael K went on this you know went on his soapbox as he normally does about this topic and says look we we've, we've been on, we've been second place to him for years he's never really treated us with any respect so why are we going to bow down to him wow you know and to be honest with you there is truth to that i mean let's let's look at this from the standpoint of human emotions when yes. you know yeah. Yeah. when when yeah. you when you go into this you know, the, the, this mode as a human being where, you know, someone's always slighting you or you're always at competition with somebody. You really don't want to go out of your way for that person, even though that might wow. be the, you know, the correct thing to do, the priestly thing to do, so to speak. Um, but, I mean, it's it's fair. I mean, there was, never, there was never anything like lethal going back and forth between the two. No. Well, I mean, there were some words going back and forth, but, I mean, I guess what I take from it is that both sides of this really never took the high road on this topic. And No, to, they never did. And to expect either one of them to do anything else is kind of ludicrous at this point. Yeah. You know, just just, it just, just boils down to stubbornness. Exactly. I mean look, there you've got you got two New York men who talk sports for a living. Yeah. You know, who 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 don't want to admit that, you know, the other person's good or or anything like I
1: mean it's just I guess it's just a pride thing. it is and you know Mongo Nation, Mike's uh, fan club of 20 30, 40, 50 something men who <laughs> I love, they have you know been a big part of this feud too. yes, they've been you huh. know cutting down Michael K. whenever they can. right
2: hm
0: so so it's really I mean it's really kind of ridiculous when you think it. I mean I guess my question to Mongo Nation then is, why do you feel necessary? To, to go after Michael K. like that. I mean, the ratings are what the ratings are. Michael K.'s show has always finished second to Mike Francesa's show, okay? So until that changes, why why bother? Why bother to, to, to you know, poke the sleeping beast? Right. Why bother to stir mm-hmm. the pot or fan the flames? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can be a fan of whoever you want to be, but why? And I, I think what... What I think really started this feud, maybe you, you might want to correct me if I am wrong here on this Ian, but I think what really made this pick up a lot of steam was back when Francesa ended his relationship with the Yes Network. Okay, so I think that I think this was the I think this is the Yes Network deciding they're going to go over to the Michael. What year was that? That was twenty thirteen. Yeah, I that think. was his last show was right before uh, the Super Bowl at uh, oh, MetLife Stadium. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because they did, they, they had the Super Bowl radio row with Francesa, and then that was it on yes on the Yes Network as they were simulcasting the show. So they ended up picking up the Michael K show, which makes sense because you know when
1: when it's the second hottest uh, show in town, exactly as far as that goes.
0: Exactly, and I mean look at it practically this way: when simulcasting radio shows started, it was on the Yes Network. It was George Steinbrenner's idea to put Mike and the Mad Dog on. Mad Dog leaves. It becomes just Francesa. Steinbrenner dies. Michael Kay's show starts to get a little bit of momentum. Michael Kay is also the play-by-play TV announcer for the New York Yankees who were broadcast on the Yes Network. So it kind of starts to make a little sense here. Now, what's And he's fun- got
2: a show. He's got center stage, too. Not, I mean, he's, yes not a, he's got a
0: lot. You know, yeah. He's doing a lot. And here's what's really funny is that when the Yankees changed their radio uh, station. They were on 880 for a while. Right. They changed to and WFAN then, 660. And then mm. right after that is when the, the, the switch happened between Kay and Francesa, which I found kind of yes. ironic.
1: Yeah, that was like late 2013, yeah. early 2014. Yeah, so
0: mm. anyway, the point of the story is that when Michael Kay had his first show, and this was before Peter Rosenberg, it was, it was Michael and Don LaGreca. As the cameras turned on, before he, he said good afternoon to everybody, the first thing he did was he took a Diet Coke, which is Francesca's drink, without the label on it, and and La Greca held up a trash bin, and Michael Kay threw the Diet Coke in the trash bin.
1: Yep. Francesca was less than pleased. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why? I that I mean I mean. It's kind of funny. But, oh, it is funny. It but, funny, but 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 come on!
0: I mean, this is this is the ridiculousness that we have to deal with in sports talk radio. Yeah. Okay. Sportsmanship in the media. There we and go. You know
2: what?
1: And um, and New York. Too. Yes. So, I mean, New York is what, definitely what bigger stage in this country than New York? Yep. Um, yep. You know? <laughs> so so I guess I guess the
0: point now is anyone who's a fan. Of sports talk radio especially in the New York City markets I, I urge you to take a step back and examine this for for what it is as silly mm-hmm. and just enjoy the shows for what they are you're not going to be able to change Francesa or Kay okay they're just they're going to be who they are the best you can do is just get what you want out of the shows and if you're really that upset about it
2: don't listen just listen to yeah. the content L- li- just, Yeah. you know
0: listen to something else listen i mean michael k comes on at the same time as chris russo comes on on Sirius xm you know go buy sure, a sa- yeah. go go buy a, a satellite radio subscription cuz there's been a lot of people who've been doing that once Francesa left they went over yeah. to to chris russo be- dog unleashed. because he's yeah. the he was his old partner you know so it's 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 not like it's a foreign thing I used you know? to,
1: when I was still living in West Virginia, and Mike was on um, Fox Sports 1 uh-huh. for about a few months there, I would turn to Fox Sports 1 at 1 o'clock, and then I would turn over to uh, Mad Dog, because he would have his hour-long show on MLB Network. Right? And I'd be like, hey, look, it's Mike and the Mad Dog. <laughs> i pretend they're back together.
0: <laughs> That's adorable. Right? Uh, I know. <laughs> you know what the funny <laughs> thing is, though, too? I, I, you know, personally, I watch Mad Dog at one now on He's on, good. on high heat. I think that show is probably the best show out of all yeah. of them. Wow. you know, just because there's first of all there's no callers, which is fantastic. I'm not trying to to, is... to to you know downplay the fact that yeah. the callers get involved. The but. only
1: downside to that is that you're never going to hear Doug oh, oh, poorly produced. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's <true>. poorly produced <laughs> Monzo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's you you, and your impressions. You, you do, who, <laughs> let's see, you do Francesi, you do Russo, you do Trump. Is there anyone else you, that you do that we haven't, we um, haven't covered?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, listen, we're doing here the show. Listen, Marie, my mother, she cooks wonderful Brazil.
0: Okay, this could be one of four people. This could either be Ray Romano. Bingo. Okay, it could be Al Michaels. It could be the late Harold Ramus. It could, or, be, Kermit it could Frog, be Kermit the Frog. Or it could be Kermit the Frog. Okay. <laughs> You ever see that Family Guy clip? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Uh, uh, okay, well, I think we covered that topic very well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, ended on a great exactly. note there.
0: So that's that's this Fortnite and sportsmanship for the latter half of January 2018. Here's the jingle again. It's Fortnite and sportsmanship. And that's it. Sounds great with laryngitis, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And
1: here it is on a bass. <laughs> I'll,
0: orchestr- I'll orchestrate it eventually. You've been talking about that for months. I know it'll happen. All right. Yeah. I'll also get a toilet made of gold. Is that really going to happen too? All right. Maybe. Maybe. You never know.
2: <laughs> you spray paint
0: it. Yeah. I'm sure I have the spray paint somewhere.
2: If you're
1: down on l- your luck, you can melt it down. You can get some money.
0: That's exactly. I could. I could. I could give it to Ark Goldfinger, and he could, you know, transport <laughs> it to. It. He could smelt, <laughs> smelt it somewhere <laughs> else, and yeah. That's Operation Grand Slam for you. Put a put a, a dirty bomb in Fort Knox, and uh, your value of your gold increases. Was it sixty eight times something like that? Fifty eight, sixty two, sixty three. Something sixty. S- something okay, yeah. It's only been about two days since I've watched Goldfinger, so I should probably step yeah. up my game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm poorly like, produced here. That this is, is poorly a drought, produced. Man. Okay. So the the main topic that we're going to talk about today on the show, which is why Ian is here. Ian is a a fan of the ice hockey.
2: Ice, and- ice
0: canes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about something that's been we've been wanting to do for a while now and talk about fighting in hockey. Um I guess the best way to start this out Ian is to say do, do you think that more and more fans are realizing that the majority of ice hockey players actually do not want to fight? Is that becoming more known by the public, or is they are they really ignorant to that or purposely turning a blind eye to that?
1: Um, to answer your first question, yes. And th- that's just my thought. And if not that, they're at least uh, paying more attention to the fact that, you know, constant non-concussive blows to the head causes CTE. Right. Um, you saw, obviously you see everything that happens with football. Now, um, this article that we have here is a little bit old, but uh, Derek Bugard, Rick Ripon, and Wade Belak, three guys who were in the NHL who ended up dying of accidental death or suicide. Uh, Bob Probert, I have to add to that. He was another enforcer in the NHL. So um, you know, I, to answer your question, yes, I do think more people are turning, you know, their attention to the fact that um, fighting is not something that necessarily everybody wants to do. Right
0: So so so, as a result of that, what is it going to take or, or, or am I living in a dream world where, fighting will eventually become a thing of the past in hockey. Is are we ever going to reach that point or is it I always going to be I don't think it's
1: entirely going to be out. Okay. There's less and less of it. Um, I would say in the the 80s and 90s, more so the 90s, there was a lot of fighting because yes. that was just the kind of game that was being played. Right. Um, but I watched a great documentary called Ice Guardians and I forget who put it together I wish I could give you credit, but it was, it was a good documentary. It's on Netflix. Um, and they talked to a bunch of enforcers in the NHL. And it wasn't necessarily just like an anti-fighting documentary. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of fighting in hockey, but a lot of the guys said like, hey, you know, in leagues where they don't allow fighting, there's more cheap shots. Uh, there's more people... Uh, Running the star player of the opposing team. So when you look at it from that aspect, I don't think fighting is going to be completely out.
2: So it's almost. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, it's directed by Brett Harvey. Uh, Bingo. No relation to Matt Scott Harvey. Dodds and Brett Harvey so. were the writers. The stars were Jay Baruchel, Chris Chelios, uh, and Brett Hull. He was in, you know, he's in
1: a bunch of Judd Apatow movies. Mm-hmm. He's a big Canadiens fan.
0: Those, those, those Canadians are, you know, crazy people.
1: But it's interesting that you
0: bring up the fact that in this, in this ironic sense, by, by not eliminating fighting from the game, it decreases the fighting. It decreases the 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 cheap shots, the 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 for lack of a better term, the unethical or you know moves in the poor sportsmanship because yeah. they know that that option is still there. Almost, yeah. I guess it would be akin to the idea of like saying
1: it's like the wild west,
0: right? Or or I would look at it like this and say, you know, not that this is a direct simile, but um, when you outlaw something like marijuana, more and more people are going to want to try it. Yeah. Once you once you legalize it. People are like, oh, the 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 desire to try it is gone because it's now kind the of novelty will wear off. Exactly.
2: Well, that's the old adage: if you hold a bird tightly in your hand, it's going to want to fly away. Right. But if you just let it sit there, it's going to want to sit it'll there. Sit, it'll yeah. stay.
0: In fact, you have a lot of experience with birds in the hand, right? Or is that two in the bush? I, I, I you know, know, I'll just move on because I know where <laughs> your mind's going. Um, Good idea. Yeah. So so let's talk about the idea of the enforcer for a second because we've used this term the enforcer is obviously the the tough guy yeah. or tough guys on each specific team and it's basically their job to to fight yes when when something's going down yeah talk about that for a second
1: so okay the enforcer um, you know they're the guys who maybe their skill level isn't as high as some of the other guys on the ice um, Marty McSorley he protected Wayne Gretzky for years, so he might be the most infamous in for famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it. Enforcer, mm-hmm. um, and because of what they do and who they are, a lot of times they're the most uh, loved players by the fans. Right, um, Derek Bugard was much loved. You know, he was very well loved in uh, Minnesota. They call him the Boogeyman. Um,
0: He's very scary because of that. By the way, he was. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but. Um, so, he had
0: a bit part in Toe Jam and Earl as the boogeyman, actually. Oh. Yeah, he would come up and go, boogie, boogie, boogie. Interesting. So. Continue.
1: Uh, rest in peace, Derek. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the enforcer. So, yeah. What was the question? Again? <laughs> I throw one Toe Jam yeah. and Earl reference out there.
0: Everyone loses Sorry, their mind. Sorry, I, I,
1: yeah. But ex- I, I guess it was explain the role of the enforcer
0: and and yes. what they would end up so, doing.
1: They end up being, they end up, basically policing uh, what goes on as far as they can without being an official. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way your thought is, if you're a player on the opposing team, well, I'm not going to hit – if you're playing the Penguins, oh, I'm not going to hit Sidney Crosby because Ryan Reeves, who's currently an enforcer right now for the Penguins, he's going to go after me. Ryan Reeves is a pretty big guy. Uh, I don't really want to go after him. So I'm just going to, you know, not play dirty. Right.
2: Um, so not to romanticize this, but yeah. it just seems like there's somewhat, there's a there's some strategy.
1: It, yeah. Uh, yeah. There you're there choosing,
2: is. like choosing your battles. Right.
1: There definitely is. What, um, and what's, and that's, that's part of the reason why I don't think that um, it's possible for anyone to just say, oh, no fighting. That's it. You know.
0: What's interesting about that, too, is when you consider the game of ice hockey and the way that it's played, when you, when you look at the physics of the game, you're obviously going to be in a scenario where there's going to be a significant amount of contact. Okay, yeah. And it's not necessarily bad contact. I mean, two guys skating for a puck as they head toward the boards, there's going to be something of a collision there. It's yes. not going to be a violent collision necessarily, but there's going to be two dudes and a wall that are eventually all going to meet at some velocity. Okay? So as a result of that you you have to kind of expect that there's you know that, that that this is what's going to be part of the game but it's it's through that kind of contact where I feel like there's all this misinterpretation sometimes you know mm-hmm. if if someone's going after a puck and Crosby happens to you know to, to meet him there there may not have been any intent there but right. because of what could be perceived by an enforcer someone's going to throw the gloves down. A stray down. bullet. They could, Exactly. And and to me, I can see both sides of it. Because on one side, you can say there's a strategy behind it. That's going to scare this guy from going towards the puck because Crosby's going to be there. And if, he, God forbid, something gets misinterpreted, then he's going to have to fight someone. Now Crosby's got a better chance of getting the puck and putting it in the net. Okay?
1: On the it's other, also, sorry to interrupt. No, no problem. It's also worth noting that Sidney Crosby, uh, has had two or three concussions during his career. Right. So
0: so so he's going to be just as uh, crazy, shall yes. we say? <laughs> yeah. But the, the the flip side to that is, let's say you're just an, you know a normal run of the mill ethical guy who's trying to play ice hockey to the best of his ability. He you may not actually ever intend to do any harm to someone like Crosby in that type of a scenario.
1: You could just be a very good defenseman. Exactly, but all of yeah. a sudden, now you, you're
0: now the enforcer is going to be coming after you mm-hmm. and you're like, what did I do? At the you're, very least,
1: he's going to be giving you the eyes. Exactly. You know?
0: I mean, to me that's where, I mean, again, and because I'm painting both sides of this, I'd be like, I'd go up to the enforcer and go, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. to do that. It's kind of like how there it, is that kind of chat. Yeah, too. there has to be that kind of chat. It's kind of like in baseball, how you know, pitchers and 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 hitters and whatnot. There has to be a little bit of a dialogue somehow, you know, where where you say, look, you know, I'm not trying to hit you, but I do have to pitch inside in order to make my pitching strategy effective. Okay, I'm gonna have to throw a ball inside off the plate that might be two inches from. Your body, okay. You might have to. You might back up a little bit. That's not meant to be. I'm trying to hurt you. No. That's meant to be. I'm putting that in the back of your mind so that now I can go and put a ball in the outside corner and you're going to not be able to hit it. Right. You know. So so that's why there's a little bit of that 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 play back and forth. But in hockey, because the the alternative is
2: much more violent. Right. You know. So
1: and the the violence is pretty constant. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, I've got a question for Ian. Okay, actually, um, so you, there there are different roles within within um, within the ice hockey team. So you have the enforcer. What other roles? What I guess unofficial roles are are because you're not going to go I mean, on have...
0: an, an, an NHL website and see enforcers listed. You're going to no, see no, no. you're going to see centers like, and forwards yeah. and center yeah.
1: left wing right wing defense goalie. Yeah, Right. coach. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, He's the guy in the suit. <laughs>
1: really <laughs> just in case you weren't um, aware yeah, he doesn't wear a helmet but um he can if he wants i don't see why but, not. um so anyway you have your snipers you have your danglers uh danglers it's like you know the guys who can stick handle very well um what are your... snipers just because i That's have other other than snipers other...
0: Other than guys who actually carry rifles and pick people off. So
1: these guys, they're very good shooters. Okay. So a lot of times when they get the puck, they usually get it at, a po- at the point, right. as you call it. Mm-hmm. they get it uh, pretty direct uh, to the goal. So a lot of times when they shoot it, um, you're going to see the guy's teammates trying to screen the goalie. So he doesn't have as good of a view. So okay. that way he can take a better shot and better chance of going in. Hmm. Uh, you have your enforcers, as I said. You, know, you have your star players who can basically do it all. Uh, you have your grinders; those are the guys Got who you, can kind of yeah. go. Those are the guys who are most likely to have a battle for the puck.
0: Right. Those are you um, know you see guys who are grinders in baseball. Yeah. These are guys who have to grind out at bats and foul That's pitches right. off and whatnot. You know, wear they're the, the pitcher pitch bats. Exactly. Yeah. They're not. They're not necessarily the best of players, but they're working their butts off in order it's to strategic. do the exactly you know. to do the best job
1: that they can. And. Um, yeah, grinders, danglers, snipers. But uh, there, there's just a ton of roles for a ton of people.
2: Sounds like an RPG. I was going to say. Does, <laughs> man, <laughs> it really does.
0: Are we talking about Goldeneye here? Or?
2: <laughs> I was thinking maybe know, final, fantasy sports, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: but, um, final Fantasy of sports, I guess. Final Fantasy 20,000, Ice yeah. Hockey Edition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, there's been a lot of Final
0: Fantasies. Yeah. Listen, the word final is supposed to mean the last one.
2: Why are there Never. fourteen games, there man? To, and there need to be fourteen more. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. Yeah. But, but we not, digress. But, but that's interesting that they're yeah. different unofficial roles. Yes. I had no idea. And what's yeah. interesting I mean, about it's that.
1: Not, it's not as like, you know, black and white. You could see mm-hmm. a guy, you know, he could he can have a good shot and he can also, you know, go in for the battles of the puck.
0: What's interesting about that too, though, is in, in these roles. The enforcer is really the only one that I feel does not have that direct connection that's similar to the game as you do with right. these other guys. Snipers are shooters. Danglers are, you know, stick handlers. Um, you know, enforcers are just tough guys who try and, you know, fight people.
1: And, oh, by the way, they score a goal every now and then.
0: Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, just like a utility infielder can hit a home run every now and then. Right. You know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then, oh, then... One one role I forgot to mention uh oftentimes is the pest. Those are the guys that like everyone loves to hate. Um for those hockey fans who are listening both fans
2: like, and players? Oh or no, no, no. The no, players, okay. players, yeah.
1: So guys like Ty Domi, uh Sean Avery is another one. Uh he's he was actually suspended for saying some things that were unsavory. Oh but he um he's known for being a real pain to deal with. And there's a strategy to that because you want to piss off the other guy and on and off, off the ice. ice. No, 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 on the ice. Okay. Ice. <laughs>
2: all right.
1: But no, he, he was, he said some things about some people he dated, but it was that that's he, neither here nor there.
0: Well, who hasn't done that? I mean, we were just doing that before we hit record for the podcast. But,
1: yeah. um, pests are less common, I guess. So do The just...
2: enforcers and the pests often tangle. They do. It sounds time like that's like yeah, yeah. bad, but that's combination. But right that, there. but that
0: usually doesn't end in a in a fist fight. That usually ends up in a sitcom. Thursday nights at eight o'clock on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> from the people yeah. who brought you Friends, and it's then, The
1: Enforcer and the Pests. So, <laughs> oftentimes you see, um, like you know how sometimes they mic up the players right. and all that. You'll hear these guys talking to each other at the face off, like, "Hey, you want to go? You want to fight? All right, good luck, buddy." and then the puck drops, and then right away. they're Drop just, the gloves, drop the sticks, boom, they're going at it. And then sometimes you see, like, sometimes they, like, you know, tap each other on the head or shake hands afterwards because they know their roles on their team, and they know that they have no ill will toward the other guy. They're just trying to win a game. So how and much
2: ice hockey is actually played? <laughs> That's a <laughs> good question. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? In this they're article, actually, you know, this,
0: this article that we <laughs> read in preparation for this, uh, how do you pronounce the guy's name
1: Georges Laroc?
0: Okay, because I am terrible at reading French he even is, though I took 5 years of it. He
1: is from Quebec Okay, and he is the son of Haitian immigrants.
0: Okay. So he mentions in his article how even from the penalty box he'll go, you know say to the other guy in the, pen, the other penalty box are you okay? Like yeah. like they're real friendly about. It, it yeah, is it is that
1: code. There it is
0: such uh, you know a, a a a I can't say the word on the podcast. You know, it it starts with a cluster and ends with a dirty word. You know that that you're <laughs> cluster, just like cluster puck. Yeah, let's go with cluster puck. Ooh. I see what you did there. Go outside and think about what you just said. Where, you're just like,
1: why? Why is how backwards is this? I know. Man. Why it's, it's like a weird mix of Canadian politeness and um, you know the, this will to win going to crazy levels. I will. You know? I just for the
0: life of me. This is another example of how the sport is so beautiful. It is an intricate, amazing sport to watch, and yet there is this mitigating factor outside of the the, the confines of the competition that makes me feel
1: like I don't want to watch this anymore. Like yeah, you know? some people. It's yeah. certainly an
2: interesting culture. Yeah, I will I just, say that. Oh, it is.
1: It is, and I, I mean. The culture around it, like, I'm I'm a sucker for watching, uh, you know, really keeping up on guys and seeing, you know, just how they are as people. Right. You know, because a lot of the times, the the dirtiest players on, on the ice are the nicest guys off the ice.
0: It yeah. goes back to being a cluster puck. <laughs> it does. You know? It does. And, 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 but, you know, the other thing, too, is it, it speaks to the idea in humanity about how we're drawn to the car crash so yeah. to speak, you know, you watch how yeah. many people watch NASCAR because yeah. they want to oh, see, no, yeah. you know, they want to see the car crashes
1: or like you're putting your hands over your face and then you're just opening up that one. Little yeah, you just, yeah. just
0: see, oh, I got to see this damage. You know, you know, just, it just doesn't make any stupid sense sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, do you have, you may not know the answer to this question, Obviously this happens in the NHL and most if not all forms of professional or serious hockey and I'm sure it happens at the collegiate level as well. Does, does this happen at younger levels like the high school level and below or is is it seriously frowned upon if, at that point?
1: Uh, in the United States rarely if ever. Okay. Um, but in other in, countries it can. In Canada, yeah. I mean in in you will rarely see I'm generalizing here. Okay. But you will rarely see a European or especially a Russian fighter. Like, you just don't see it because they play hockey in a different way and it's a more fluid kind of game. But on, um, so that's, you know, on any level, right. I'm talking. But yeah, you, you really don't see it on the lower levels as much.
0: Will we see it in the upcoming Olympics? No. no. No? Because I mean, they, they know medals are on the line.
1: Yeah, and guys get called for penalties. And, you know, it's it's countries playing against each other. Right. So the only countries that really have fighters are the United States and Canada. They still have to play Russia, Sweden, Finland, on and on and on. Antarctica. That
0: I mean, Antarctica. I mean, Antarctica yeah. That begs the
2: question. I mean, what is different then about Canadian and American hockey I mean, than the rest of the well, world? Well,
1: I guess we... Well, first of all, you know, we were the ones to start playing hockey right after Canada. We were the first country to do right. that. But, um, and then, you know, you have a couple of guys. It's, it's the same way that sports become popular in certain countries that they're, you know, the sport is not native to that country. Like, it's the same reason that baseball is very popular in the Netherlands. You had, like, one guy who went to the United States and then came back to the Netherlands and taught it to everyone and they loved it. Right. But anyway... Uh, things get lost in translation. Russia, when they were the Soviet Union, they started playing hockey and they played it very well. And they worked their guys to death—not quite, but they worked them pretty hard. In and so Russia. Hockey plays you in, in Soviet Russia. bucks with you. <laughs> but uh, so, and if you watch old clips of you know so the Soviet army playing hockey, it's it's this fluid game. And they just dominated in playing this kind of game. Hmm.
0: And now,, you know, like I was gonna say, you know, Canada, to me, I understand a little bit more as to why they might have that that fighting culture a little yeah. bit. you know it,
1: the, the sport the roots of the sport in North America mm-hmm. are rural Canada.
0: right. It, it, when you when you look With at it, hockey, yeah and when you when, like when look at that type of stuff, and especially in a, in a climate where, you know, let's face it, Canada is a little colder. It's a little it bit farther is. north if you know how to read a map, okay? So they're going to be playing a lot of hockey. So, mm-hmm. you know, with familiarity breeds contempt, you know, you see where I'm going with this. Well, I can see why Canada might have a significant more right. impact with this. With the USA... Yes, there could be a little bit of drama between Canada and the United States like, you know, Canada feels like their sports being stolen by the the big old, you know, the evil empire that is yeah. the USA. But at the same time, I guess I wonder what part of this is a a cultural thing within America. Because let's face it, American culture,
1: Americans like violence.
0: Exactly. You know? <laughs> American culture is I'll give you a great story. Um my girlfriend works currently for a Danish company. She went over to Denmark on a business trip. During this trip, you know, they they there was a conversation about how, uh, you know, people talk to one another and whatnot. And and the the Danes were almost acting purposefully rude mm. to the Americans. And the question was raised: Well, why, why are you doing that? And it turns out. They look at it and they say, "Well, we see that in all your movies, so we just assume that's what you're gonna you want. We see your movies are filled with violence and language and gratuitous wow. sex and whatnot. So, so we feel that we're going that in order to be on your level, that's what we're going to do. It's it's there's almost a level of innocence to it in that it's, they're not doing it to be jerks. They're doing it because they want to feel at home they want to with feel us. Welcome. Exactly." Huh. You know, so um, American culture, as a result, is really the one that we're indicting here to a degree. Yeah, you know, kind of embarrassing. It, well, think I, it, it really it. is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not, and I'm not trying to say this from the standpoint like bring it into a political angle. I mean, let's leave all of that out of it. Just the fact, in general, that you can't turn on a television set without
2: violence and language you know, being everywhere. I mean, I I think I speak... And yet at the same time, we're complaining about violence and language. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, geez, I
0: I remember saying this a couple of years ago. Isn't 5 p.m. a little early to be airing episodes of South Park? Okay? (laughs) And yet Comedy Central does it. You know? And I'm just like, like, look, I love South Park. I love it, okay? But there's a reason
1: that I want to watch it at 10 p.m. I would also consider there's no... Their cable, Comedy Central's cable TV. Exactly. So there's no real restriction because you know theoretically you choose to have the channel. Right. And all so that. you so you know if you don't want kid your kid watching it, room, yeah, it's on you. List. It's not on the yeah, cable yeah. channel. Right.
0: You know, and this is a, that's the same reason why more and more shows are being allowed to say more and more curse words. Right. You know, and, just and just not like that
2: episode of South Park.
0: Exactly, and and not get bleeped out because of you know we're just you know relaxing our standards even more. Right. And yet, the, you know, as the, the funny anecdote that goes against it, if I watch an episode of "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" on the Up Network from between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., they will bleep out any word that's even remotely dirty.
1: Is so anything above "darn it"?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you say if you say "hell," it's bleeped. Ah, oh. I'm like I'm just I'm, really, really. That's... Well, because it, it comes the the network is meant to be this. Family friendly, uh, yeah, you know, but you it's know.
2: 11 p.m. to still the network oh. has
0: its standards, yeah.
1: you know. So I think you got to be careful in that regard too, because if there's so many beeps, it'll sound like Morse code. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. It's really like
2: that Mad TV uh, episode with the with, with the with Sopranos, sopranos. Yes. yeah, <laughs> we've all seen. It. <laughs> edited on, for on uh, Ion, PAX, PAX yeah, TV. Oh, PAX, yeah. PAX, yeah. <laughs> nine o'clock to nine o three.
0: With Will Sasso yeah,
2: as as Tony Soprano. Where's the double? Where's go? He's where's where's go? yeah. one of the best. I don't give a... You're
0: breaking my. I thought, but I. stopping?
1: And then right right before he's about to shoot the guy, they they cut away. Exactly. <laughs> oh,
2: that was a good. One.
1: Uh... What were we talking about? Fighting in heart. Exactly. <laughs> okay. American yeah. culture, and yeah. violence, right. okay. and all that. And... I'm just trying Uh, to bring um, it back. Also, you know how you mentioned, you know, where is fighting, where is it not? Right. In the playoffs, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially in the later rounds, there's really not any...
0: They understand, yeah.
1: And then, like, there was actually a pretty legendary brawl between the Avalanche and Red Wings in the playoffs in the 90s, but... I don't believe. I think that was in the conference semifinal mm-hmm. round. Yeah. So we weren't that late into it. Once you get in the conference final round and the Stanley Cup Finals, it's it kind of becomes yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Because there's not as much of that mind game going on, and the game just becomes intense on its own merit. They're,
0: they know that what's at, what's at stake. Yeah. You know, I guess it's kind of the same thing. I mean, look at other sports in in baseball. You know, guys aren't, you know, not that brawls are You're not going to
1: plunk a guy on purpose in Game 7 of the World exactly,
0: Series. Exactly, exactly. There's no retribution there because the World Series trophy is on the line. Which, then it just begs the question then, why is a regular season game worth sacrificing your paycheck versus right. versus a playoff game? Because not, I, I mean, I hate to be this guy. You know how many times I have gone back, like at the end of a season, and said, you missed the playoffs by one game. Mm-hmm. You, if you just took this one game earlier in the season a little bit more seriously, you would be in the playoffs. Now, obviously, this is the fallacy of the predetermined outcome and whatnot. But
2: hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly.
0: But at the same time, at the end of last season, hey. I, I said, I said, I, I put it on Twitter. I said, here's a list of the games that the Yankees should have won and did not. I remember that. And if they, if they win any of these games, one of these games. They they win the division and not are not in the wild card game.
1: Well, you know as a Devils fan, going back to hockey, right. I um, the last few years have not been good for right. Them. They missed the playoffs and all that. And whenever they lost a game in overtime or a shootout, you know, whenever you lose a game in overtime or shootout in the NHL, you get one point. Right. The winner gets two points. So I'm like, man, you know, whenever that happened, I was just like, you know, you're really gonna regret this. Because you're going to end up missing the playoffs by one or two points. Yep,
0: it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. So, I guess let's wrap it with this. Where do you see hockey going in the future with regard to fighting? I mean, are we? Are is it on the decline? And yet, it's still going. There's still going to be that inkling of it in order to make sure that the, you know, you know the the old you know, clench the fist with the burden and the fact that it's there, people are going to, you know, act a little differently as a result of it.
2: And so that the id is satisfied. Exactly. To some degree. I
1: think it's going to, it it is, it has been declining naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess maybe part of it is all the increased attention to head injuries. Um, you know, via non-concussive hits. Right. Uh, but I think another part of it is, um, Just that the game has become, since the uh, 2004-2005 lockout, the game has become a little more open. Um, And, you know, there's more skill involved and everything. So you're seeing these guys who are less skilled kind of getting phased out in, you know, the junior level. Right. Um, So I think naturally it has been and will be on the decline. I think there will still be a little bit of it, I mean. It's, I mean,
0: you can't eliminate it from any, yeah, every exactly. sport completely, just like you can't eliminate it from life completely. Yeah. You know? You can't. I mean,
1: and the thing is, like, you know, fighting is technically punished. Right. Because, you know, you drop the gloves, you start the fight, you do get five minutes in the box, and... up oh, the cat's here. <laughs> and that's it, you know? But, uh, you know, it, I think it will see just kind of a, a, a slow, slow decline. decline. That's yeah. good.
0: Well, I guess that's, that's a, a nice thing that we can take from this episode, is is knowing that that, that that's there. I think that's a good point of repose for this episode. So, uh, Ian, I want to thank you for being here, for making your debut. We're obviously going to have you back to talk God knows whatever else comes (laughs) our way. Uh, Sean, thank you for your diligent work, as always. Uh, Thank you. And um, don't forget, also, ways to contact the show is uh, podcast at osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter is at osipfoundation with the hashtag howyouplaythegame. Make sure you rate us, give us lots of stars and good reviews. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or on Podbean. Um, get in touch with us. We want fan interaction on the show. So whatever you can do, we want We want you a part of it. So uh, I think that's about everything. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, that's it for now, and uh, everyone be good out there and uh, treat each other with respect. Peace. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osef Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit OSAFoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.